and, and how that God uh, was calling him into service. And he had, uh, he had cozied up uh, to wicked King Ahab, and uh, he was a third man in charge. And uh, we looked at how his life was uh, something of an enigma. Uh, in the Bible, uh, where he feared the Lord greatly, uh, but at the same time uh, was uh, in the world, and, and unfortunately of the world in many respects. And when Elijah showed up uh, and, uh, and said, it's time, uh, time to serve, uh, he was reluctant in all of that, uh, thought, of course, Ahab was going to kill him, uh, and he didn't. Uh, at least we didn't read about that there. Maybe he took care of him later on. So we have the challenge to Obadiah. And what I'd like to do is uh, list out all these challenges and really what the application for us is uh, before I get into those couple of points that I said I'd get to at the end of our service. So uh, there was a challenge to him, and it's, it's a challenge to us as well, as I'll mention. Uh, then the challenge to Ahab, who was wicked, uh, and, uh, and he, in fact, was the troubler of Israel. And, uh, and when, when, in fact, when we were over in, uh, in Israel... Uh, and looking up uh, uh, from Mount Carmel and all the places where he had gone, uh, Elijah, after uh, this, uh, this event uh, and why he was in the position he was in later on in the chapter, and in chapter number 19, a lot's to be said about all of that. Uh, but where Ahab's palace uh, was, uh, there, it's not developed. You can get, be on this highway, uh, and it's not too far from Mount Gilboa, uh, but it just, that's just where it is. But there's no, uh, there's no archaeological finds. Uh, the guide that we were with, he, he and another missionary uh, went up in there, and they're looking um, for evidences and just different things, uh, and they discovered a few wine presses uh, that were up there, and they encouraged them not to go in there uh, because of all of the um, you know wells and different things that were uncovered or that are covered up that haven't been uncovered, and that it was dangerous. But they figured out that that was probably where Ahab's uh, his castle and things were, uh, where he lived, uh, because it was by to uh, next door to Naboth's vineyard, and so all the wine presses were evidence of that. They named it, but it's all. Uh, not developed. And so uh, we know later on that Elijah uh, races down there uh, in the whole idea or the story uh, uh, continues with Jezebel threatening to kill him, etc. He says, you're the troubler. I'm not the troubler. Uh, and then challenges him uh, in verses 17 through 19. And then in verses 20 through 21, as we read uh, and has the question here about halting between the two opinions. Uh, this is a challenge that he made to all the people that had gathered there. Uh, and, of course, we know the story. Uh, they tried to build their altar, and it failed. And uh, Elijah built his altar. I believe time had elapsed. There was great distance uh, from where they built the altars to where water was. And they had to fill those up. And three different times they did that. It was a great miracle uh, that God had done. Uh, on that hill. Uh, and he did that for a number of reasons, uh, that they would know that God is God, uh, that it isn't Baal uh, who is in, uh, in blessing them with the fertility in the land, uh, that God, and there can be only one God. And from the beginning of scripture, uh, he laid it out for them is we're not to worship any other gods. So Baal was a false god. They were worshiping him, giving him credit uh, for, for the blessings of the land. And then out of the other corner of their mouth, they're praising God for who God is. Uh, and God was tired uh, of sharing uh, the glory uh, with Baal. 
and brought his prophet on the scene, challenged uh, the old uh, man of God in Obadiah uh, and uh, the governor there, and then Ahab, and then the people uh, with these challenges. Now, the message uh, that we didn't get into this last week to Obadiah, uh, as the prophet's summons to Obadiah, uh, it reminds us that God uh, has uh, placed his people uh, in a spiritual warfare. Uh, we know, and uh, in fact, when we even reference spiritual warfare, we've got to be careful because people's minds go uh, into all kinds of, uh, of different things. There's a pastor friend uh, that uh, his ministry outside of his church uh, has to do with spiritual warfare. We had him here uh, several years ago to do a spiritual warfare conference and to talk about, you know, bringing our thoughts into captivity, etc. But we're in a battle. Uh, it's, uh, it, we're, you can't, um, you have to understand that. Uh, spiritual warfare is something that is real. Uh, and we don't fight against, uh, you know, uh, flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And so not to get all off into kooky land about all the different stuff, because people get into that. Um, we know that we are in a spiritual warfare and that God has called us to be actively engaged in it. Uh, he calls us soldiers and uh, in the word of God uh, and tells us not to be entangled with the affairs of this world. There's a lot of, of uh, crossovers in the principles of the Bible, which I referenced even last week, uh, about uh, serving God and serving mammon. And that is going to be an important thing to understand as we conclude our service today, but even going in tonight, because the church at Laodicea, uh, that was their problem. Uh, they, they, they felt like they didn't have need for anything. Uh, and as much as, as a pastor, as I try to encourage uh, people to serve the Lord, it's always money, uh, it's always mammon that gets in the way. We're too busy uh, chasing you know, our versions of the American dream, etc., uh, to give God uh, the time and the honor and glory, the place in our life at, that he deserves. So as the word of God called Obadiah and through Elijah to service, the word of God calls us uh, to stand firm uh, against uh, Satan uh, and to be faithful and fruitful uh, in this world. We're supposed to be cross-bearing Christians. Uh, we are living sacrifices. Uh, the Bible speaks time and time again to what we are supposed to be doing as Christians. But like Obadiah, uh, we get comfortable. We get comfortable serving God uh, and living our lives uh, that when God says, hey, I want you to do something that takes us out of that comfort zone, uh, we push back against God. Uh, we might grieve the Spirit. We might even tell God, no, there might be someone here today that God has called into full-time Christian service uh, and you told God no. Uh, five years ago, 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago, uh, and, uh, and you've been out of the will of God since then. Uh, and uh, because the call of God is without, uh, uh, without repentance. So there's a message to Obadiah in this text that is profitable to us as we see uh, his response, his reluctance to uh, the call of God, uh, his doing what God uh, uh, wanted him to do through Elijah, uh, and, and much of what he was worried about and concerned about Ahab doing to him uh, didn't actually happen. And then the message of the challenge to Ahab. Uh, Elijah's challenge to him reminds us uh, to, uh, to be bold, uh, to, to, uh, to speak up against in two people who flaunt uh, you know, God's laws and, uh, and, uh, or push them away or whatever. Uh, and, uh, and, and God says, righteousness 
exalts a nation. We need more of that today. Um, our nation is in a, a terrible uh, place, and, uh, and the answers I spoke about in Sunday school wasn't, it's not in the White House, it's in church house, really. Uh, we've got to share the gospel with people. Jesus is the answer. And we have to insist, uh, just like God did uh, with Elijah uh, and uh, through Obadiah and, tell, and stand it up uh, to, at that time, the most wicked king uh, to have lived, uh, and to stand up for truth and right, uh, and to show God uh, it was still on the throne. Uh, we need to do that more today. Um, we, we are supposed to be salt and light, uh, and I feel like we fail uh, to be salt and light like we should be. Then there's the message, the challenge uh, or, or, to the people, uh, and that was uh, telling them basically that they've got to serve God. They can't halt between the two opinions. Turn with me over to Matthew chapter number 6 just briefly. Matthew chapter number uh, 6, uh, this is uh, the Sermon on the Mount and, and uh, much, much to be gained from reading it and studying it. Uh, Jesus teaching uh, his disciples and followers uh, everything about prayer and just uh, what they were going to go through and, uh, in their life. And, uh, and he had said, uh, and after he had taught them this, the model prayer, the Lord's Prayer, we would say, but it's really a pattern of prayer. Uh, he's telling them not to lay up treasures for themselves. Uh, down in verse number 19, uh, but to lay treasures in heaven. We know that in heaven, uh, it says that rust and moth, it can't get to those. Thieves can't break in and steal. So he says, lay up your treasures there. Uh, and then continues those thoughts with telling them that they need to have a single focus, a single eye, uh, that they shouldn't have a divided attention. Their uh, affections need to be set on things above, not on the earth. Uh, and uh, he's instructing them, which is also instruction for us. Uh, he tells us that if you have a single, if you keep your mind, uh, a single eye on this truth, uh, it won't, your attentions won't be divided. Uh, and then he continues to, to push that point through in verse 24. No man uh, can serve two masters. Uh, would you read that with me out loud? Let's read it. No man can serve two masters. Here's what that means. There, no man can serve two masters. Uh, you can't do it. Uh, I can't do it. It's impossible. Um, me and Brother Penix and I were making our way to the airport, uh, whatever that was, Saturday, uh, yesterday. <laughs> it all runs together. Uh, yesterday. Uh, and um, uh, we were talking about a mutual um, uh, acquaintance that we'd had uh, in life. And, and they have uh, this really... Um, got away from the Lord. And part of the reason they've got away from the Lord uh, is they've become very, very successful, like millionaires. Uh, and at one point, uh, they, you know, they believe the way um, I believe, how Brother Penix believes, and, uh, and believed in biblical separation and just all kinds of different, uh, different things, personal holiness, et cetera, all stuff that the Word of God uh, would teach. But what happens is that when you uh, get involved in uh, certain things in life, uh, there's a lot of pressures that come to it, and part of those pressures are uh, appeasing people, and uh, and uh, and it just it just you know picks away at you, picks away at you to where they're no longer um, the same people that they were uh, just a few years ago, um, and and they're a perfect example of the fact that you cannot serve God and Mammon. 
Now, you can, you can love God and God can bless you. I'm not saying that. If, you, if you're here today and you have, you have money, uh, praise God for it. Give me some. Uh, and uh, uh, I'm not, God says we're supposed to live life and it's an abundant life. And, uh, and I'm not against those things. It's not money that's evil. It's the love of money. Uh, that's the root of all evil. So uh, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Uh, but, but you can't serve both. Um, and you're not an exception. They thought that they were an exception. And in fact, early on in, in their uh, testimony, um, they were. Uh, they were rolling in money, and they were faithful to the things that they believed. Uh, but over the course of time, uh, that uh, faded. You say, why? Look at verse 24 again. No man can serve two masters. That means not, not you, not me. For either they will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. And then he re- says, ye cannot serve God and mammon. All right. Um, all these examples of going halfway, whether it's kings, uh, tearing down altars, uh, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, it's like Naaman. Uh, he had all these, it, it, the Bible says he's this and that. He says, but he's a leper. All of us have something in our life uh, that we're holding back uh, from God. And we haven't given God the keys to every chamber of our heart. Uh, we, 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 want to, we want to be successful uh, in the eyes of the world, uh, and we want, uh, we want to be successful in the eyes of God, uh, but there are many, many times where those things conflict with each other. So you cannot serve God and mammon. If you're all about making money, uh, you just aren't going to be uh, all about loving and living for God. You just, it just can't be. You say, well, I'm doing pretty good. Are you? I mean, are you doing well with that? Uh, and uh, because I, I guarantee you, um, you're not. Why? Because the Bible says you can't do both. All right. I'm not saying don't live, don't make money to pay your bills, etc. Uh, but there's always that balance uh, that God teaches us in his word. Uh, and then he elaborates on that and says, take no thought for your life. And uh, in uh, several different places, verse 25, and, uh, and uh, why take you thought for Raymond, verse 28. And uh, therefore, uh, verse 31, take no thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? And uh, in fact says to seek you first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things will be added uh, unto you. So take no thought for tomorrow. So the balance is obviously, you know, um, how many of you are going to go to work tomorrow? All right. Uh, hopefully most of you. Uh, and uh, go to work somewhere, put in some time and exchange it uh, for money. Um, you have plans. You're going to go. Um, God says that we're not supposed to, uh, to boast for tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, that our life is short and it's a, uh, it's a vapored life. Uh, having said all of that, we've got plans. I've got plans to work on my fence tomorrow. I hope the Lord comes back tonight uh, and uh, so I don't got to finish it. Uh, but, uh, but if he doesn't, tomorrow I'm going to wake up and, uh, and I'm going to work on that fence. God says uh, we should not be overwhelmed with worry and thought and carefulness for the things of this, that God's going to take care of it. So I've thought all my life, and I've given my life to, you know, all of my adult life, my teen life, uh, to the service of God and, and, uh, and just trying to trust Him and seek Him first uh, and to not worry about, uh, about, you know, things and stuff and whatever. Uh, some people have said, well, you should have worried about it. Um, but I, I just haven't uh, because of this passage of Scripture. God uh, is going to take care of me. Uh, therefore, take no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So we can't serve God. We can't serve mammon. 
together. I'll speak more about that tonight. So three challenges, one to Obadiah, one to Ahab, uh, and then one challenge to all the people. And then the question, how long halts she between two opinions? Uh, all the way through the Bible, God teaches us uh, to make decisions concerning our faith. I mentioned Joshua, Jesus, um, the disciples, Paul uh, in his epistles. All the way through the Bible, God wants us uh, to make decisions uh, that are for him, to live for him. Uh, and by the way, living for God is the best, one of the greatest privileges that we have. And I'm not talking about being a pastor or missionary. Uh, if you're here today and you're saved, you're supposed to be living your life uh, for the Lord, for his glory. Everything you do should be about bringing glory uh, to the Lord. All things, everything. Uh, and that's what it means, all things and everything's in Scripture. Uh, but God's people then, as God's people now, I'm saying Israel, I mean, all of God's people, saved people, uh, whether you're uh, a saved Israelite or a saved uh, you know, American, uh, as we make these applications in the local church, there's truth that's there uh, that we can take in. Israel was double-minded um, all the way through the Old Testament, uh, that God had taken them out of Egypt uh, and uh, removed them from there, but uh, every turn we see them complaining. Uh, and by the way, um, if, uh, if you've been and seen the wilderness, uh, it's desert. Uh, and I uh, mentioned not too long ago uh, that I would have probably complained too. Uh, if I was wandering around in the wilderness of Zen and stuff, it's just, it's desert. There's not even trees uh, and in uh, a hundred and something degrees. Uh, so I get it. But they, they were, they were double-minded. They wanted, they wanted what God wanted for them, uh, but they also wanted the blessings that they had back in Egypt. So when they got hungry, they just remembered the food that they had back then. Uh, they were double-minded. Israel was also unreasonable. Time and time again, in fact, God, every day, uh, the presence of God was there, uh, and God led them, uh, through, whether it was a pillar of fire, uh, and, uh, and, and the, provided for them, and giving them manna, uh, and just all of that. And I think, I, I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, inside the Ark of the Covenant, it's supposed to be a recipe, <laughs> uh, or, or some manna. There's manna uh, inside, not the recipe. I want the recipe uh, for manna, but there's manna inside uh, the Ark of the Covenant. They were, God provided them special food from heaven, uh, water from rocks, uh, just bless them. Every time they go in and fight a battle, God fought battles for them. Uh, when they got their eye off uh, of God, uh, then it caused them trouble. There was coldness, indifference, and all of that. So it gets me down to my one main thought here uh, from our passage in 1 Kings. If you go back there in chapter number 18, uh, this, this whole idea, which I've been kind of not stuck on, I guess, but it's been part of my, uh, my messages for weeks now, about belief and unbelief, how we can believe in something from God's word, but unbelief still be present. Uh, and uh, unbelief uh, is, um, there's a solidness to it. Uh, it's a, it's a something that keeps people uh, from getting saved, obviously, uh, but it also keeps Christians stuck uh, in circumstances or whatever uh, is going on in their life. So as we read in verse number 21, And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt you between the two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. If Baal, then follow him. And it says, And the people answered him not a word. 
uh, and they didn't respond to what the challenge was. The question is, you need to make the decision. And they were silent uh, in their response to him. Elsewhere in the Bible, we find people stopping their ears, maybe negative responses. We find people responding to the Word of God uh, in positive way, people getting saved and baptized, or, uh, or we see the Spirit bringing conviction, as we talked about in our Sunday school hour with King Agrippa, where Paul was, was, was defending himself. Uh, from the accusation of the Jews, uh, was on trial as a hearing. He laid out the case of the gospel to King Agrippa, and at the end he says, Almost persuadest thou me to be a Christian. He was halting between the truth that he had just heard uh, and, and the conviction that was brought, as did Festus, uh, who was trembling uh, at the words that Paul had spoken to him, but yet didn't respond in a proper proper way. Uh, there, One of the... Um, sermons I heard by a preacher years ago, I listened to it over and over again, uh, spoke about um, really about salvation and how that people can um, put off and, and reject God uh, and then get to the place where the Holy Spirit of God is not even talking to them. And he talks about, long story short, uh, a teenage girl who God was bringing conviction, bringing conviction, and then it seemed like God just drew it away. Uh, and she was sitting, and her parents were praying that she would get saved, and, uh, and she just wouldn't get saved. And, uh, and so then one, they're at youth camp, uh, and that part of uh, the invitation in one of the services, mom and dad, the whole church camp's praying that this girl would get saved. Uh, and, uh, and so the invitation would come, and she would just, uh, and there's pleading, and the pastor's just, you know, laying it on, and, and everybody, and she's like, no, no. And then part of camp week, they saw her, you know, go down and to, to pray, uh, and they thought, sure enough, she was going to get saved. Uh, and he's rehearsing this in this sermon. And, and, uh, and after a little while, like mom or dad got up and just kind of shook their head no to the preacher. She didn't get saved. Uh, and, and it was basically, um, we think we can just get saved anytime we want. But the Holy Spirit of God has to be involved. He has to be drawn a person, bringing conviction, godly sorrow, which leads us to repentance. And the story of this girl was is that she just felt like God had left her alone. And she, that's what she communicated. said, God's left me alone, now leave me alone. Uh, she basically had stated that God was done with her. She had rejected Christ. Uh, and, uh, and then, again, that story after the end uh, of camp, they were making their way home. Uh, uh, that was the, the um, dad and the girl went off the end of a road, hit an embankment. And she was pinned between the, uh, the uh, seats and the dashboard. The car was on fire. And he was pleading with her uh, to get saved, and she died, went off into eternity. She's like, Dad, I can't. And because uh, the Holy Spirit wasn't drawn her. And uh, so there are people who put off um, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And uh, the Bible says the Holy Spirit will not always strive with man. And, and you have uh, that same preacher preaching. I don't know if this is true, if, if he was just, you know, he, is, he said, you know, you can count on one hand the times in, uh, in your life that God genuinely is calling you. And, uh, but he was basically illustrating that when the Holy Spirit of God is drawing you in salvation to respond. Uh, because you can say no to God and no to God and no to God um, so, so much that, the Holy, that he just withdraws. 
uh, and, is, and is, not, is not calling you. And she's, well, I'm just going to get saved tomorrow. You don't have a promise for tomorrow. That's established in Scripture. Uh, and, uh, and so I want you to be thinking about that here uh, in your mind. Maybe it's salvation. But unbelief, the people answered him not a word. Uh, unbelief, number one, uh, is uh, it's slow. Unbelief is slow to accept evidence. Unbelief is slow to accept evidence. As I will, um, you know, witness to people, or uh, maybe it's not even witnesses, maybe I'm just talking with them about the Bible and uh, in truth from God's Word, or uh, somebody, somebody sent me a message uh, the other day uh, with a clip, uh, one of Kent Hovind's uh, clips. He uh, uh, was a creation um, debater, etc., and he was talking about uh, dinosaurs and uh, where the Bible time and time again calls them dragons and there's all he was he was basically showing all of these evidences in in history about people fighting dragons etc and you have behemoth and leviathan uh, on there he believes which I believe also that um, we have a, a young earth not a you know billions of years and etc and that uh, there were large lizards, uh, you know, when the, uh, everything was big. Grapes were big, the grapes of Eskel, and, and people were giants. There's a water canopy over the earth, and there was 100%, you know, um, you know the atmospheric pressure, everything. Everything was big. People lived a long time, uh, and then after the flood, uh, things changed, all right? So, uh, so the person asked me, are the things that he is saying true? I say, yes, all the things that you're saying are, you know, are true, uh, and I believe that man walked with dinosaurs, and et cetera, you find uh, you know, bones of people in the same rock strata uh, as, uh, as dinosaur fossils, and, uh, and it's just really hard to explain uh, away uh, all of the science uh, involved in that. Uh, and, uh, but people who have bought into the belief of evolution, you can show them how that it's not true, and it's, it's just, it's, they're stubborn about it, uh, and, uh, and they're slow to accept evidence that's right there, uh, and so unbelief is that way. Unbelief is also reluctant to admit conviction. So these people uh, who were halting between these two opinions, uh, who wanted to give uh, credit to Baal for blessing, but also serving God, stuck between the two opinions, uh, and, and Elijah saying, how long is that going to be? Um, I believe they just, unbelief, unbelief was present. So God had to give them an object lesson, which he did uh, with calling the fire down uh, from heaven. And he showed uh, that he was God uh, and he revealed himself to his people. Uh, he revealed his power in that and it's a powerful illustration uh, to that. No, God, God's the one in control. It's not Baal. Uh, and then, of course, all these prophets were killed uh, and, uh, at the end of that story as well. Uh, but um, I feel like there are people here today, uh, as there are probably most Sundays, um, who are just halfway um, thinking they can serve God at Mammon, thinking, thinking I could just, I can go to church on Sunday uh, and, uh, and that, uh, that God is going to be uh, okay with me doing this and that in the world. I, I know the Bible says it's supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. Uh, but it seems like the world, worldliness, uh, all of that has taken its course. During our, during our um, Sunday school hour, at the beginning part, I, we'd ask prayer uh, for uh, a person we know that 
has gone off in uh, an addiction at one point, was part of our church, and, and, uh, and I got to lead, you know, uh, I think them to the Lord, some of the children, et cetera. And then all of a sudden, you know, it was like just, you know, missing, you know, missing a service. Uh, hey, where are you at? Hey, we miss you. Uh, tr- just trying to encourage them, which pastors do all the time. When I, you know, there's a lot of people here today, but there are a lot of people who aren't here today. And, and it's hard not to focus on the ones who aren't because, I, you know, maybe God has something to message, you know, for them. So it started off just uh, missing services, and then it's like, hey, where are you? Well, uh, well I'm going to go. Uh, we went and tried this other church, which was, a, um, uh, I think it was the LDS church. And, uh, and, so, um, and, 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 and so went and tried that, and then, uh, and then after a while just kind of just dropped off the radar. Uh, there's a point for me, and this is, I've, I've preached this, if I, want, if I want you to be helped more than you want to be helped, then, then I have to go help somebody else. Like, I can't want it for you more than you want it for yourself. And, uh, and as a pastor, I just beat my head against the wall trying to help people uh, who just don't want help, and I've had to decide. And I'm, I'm not all the way good at it because I still, I still help people that don't want to help themselves. Uh, but, but that's kind of my, you know, kind of my rule is that if I want, if I want you to have a stronger marriage than you want for yourself... I'm, and I'm going to stop doing marriage counseling, all right, uh, it, 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 with you in particular and help somebody else because I can't help you if you don't want help. And all of God's people said, amen. And that clears up my counseling schedule uh, a lot, all right. So, so this person, they just, you know, disappeared, and, and, uh, and I just moved on uh, because I can't, I can't, it's for my own self-preservation, I have, to, I have to move forward, and, that's, and that story has repeated itself a million times in my life. Uh, and, uh, and I believe this, that you know, uh, when people do that or they go in that direction, I, I try not to you know, kick them on the way out you know, or whatever. As people, somebody that's left, left the church recently just sent me a text, uh, and uh, you know, it's been good, uh, and, um, uh, but we're going to another church. And, uh, and by the way, whenever, if, I, if God ever moved me on from here to another church, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to send you all a text uh, and just say, God, you know, it's been a blessing, you know, uh, but, uh, but I've moved. <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't, the reason I wouldn't do that is because it's not right. All right. But um, that story, again, repeats itself time and time again. So uh, I moved past um, and move forward, but, but they always knew I cared for them, loved them. Well, um, in, in the hospital, overdose on fentanyl uh, and, uh, and had a stroke, and the, the only number, no phone, living on the streets, uh, but they remembered the church phone number. So they called the church, and we got gone yesterday to visit, and uh, uh, Autumn uh, did as well uh, later on in the day. My point is being this, is that you can't... You, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You can't, you can't have one foot in heaven, one foot in hell, and it, and it work out for you. Uh, you can't, you can't you know, be for God and then be for all these other different things. It'll, blow, it'll just blow you, your mind. Um, and uh, and it's, that's the testimony of somebody who walks away from God and gets out of community and thinking that they can do that. Uh, and, and the Bible principle is you can't. 
in every single one of us, we think, you know, um, we make these decisions like, well, I'll go to church if I feel like it. And church, it, 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 isn't, it isn't about convenience. It isn't about uh, programs. Uh, it's about worshiping God. And you need it and I need it. And God says to forsake not the assembly of ourselves together. And, and so much the more as we see the day approaching. How long? You can't be a halfway. You've got to be all in. You say, well, you know, uh, you know I'm, I'm, maybe I'm lukewarm and, and God's going to spit me out. Uh, Revelation 3, I'm going to explain why that's not all the way necessarily a right take on that passage of Scripture uh, tonight. So please be back at 6. But uh, I, I want you to think about this. Maybe you're here today and uh, the Holy Spirit of God has been drawing you to get saved. Um, you've sat, you've heard the gospel message, you've had questions, you've raised, you know, I've asked you, raise your hand if you don't know, maybe you've raised your hand and, uh, and, uh, and you're, having, you're having that battle. Uh, I, wanna, I want to implore you, beg you to not put off the Holy Spirit's conviction uh, and because unbelief uh, is, is you're, it's slow to accept evidence it's like, here's the truth of God's word, evidence in scripture. There's evidence uh, in creation. In fact, uh, we see God uh, in, in his general revelation in creation. We're without excuse. Uh, some Bible mocker the other day, uh, uh, somebody would make a statement and they would say, well, how come, uh, you know, people in whatever this faraway land, whatever, uh, how come they didn't have the gospel? Like this was, this was like, you know, like Chinese people didn't have the gospel these many thousand years ago. Uh, and, but here's the thing. Um, there was a point in our history uh, where every single man, woman, and child worshiped Jehovah God. And, uh, and Ham, Shem, Noah, Ham, Shem, Japheth, their wives, uh, the only people on the ark, they all worshiped God. And as, as everything dispersed out, uh, and, uh, and, the, and you know, people began to multiply, uh, and everybody spread around the world, uh, false religions and everything came in. We're without excuse. Every culture, every person needs the gospel. It's why we do missions. It's, it's all of that. Uh, but we can't be sending you know, people to you know, uh, Africa and you know, Europe and wherever uh, if, we're not, if we're not spreading the gospel and, and teaching people what the Word of God says about that here at this church. And you may be here and you've time and time and you've left this service unsaved uh, because you don't, you know, whatever. You don't want to stop doing what you're doing. Uh, you don't want God to work in your life. You say no to God, no to God, no to God, no to God. Uh, enough, God will withdraw his hand and you won't feel that conviction any longer. And, uh, and so if you're here today and you're lost uh, and, and you know you are and the Holy Spirit of God is showing you and the word of God and the preaching and you know it, um, why, why leave here lost? why not trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior today? And in a minute, I'm going to have an invitation. And, uh, and all I'm going to simply ask you to do is to step out and come forward with other people. Uh, and, uh, and I will send somebody and they'll show you from the Bible how you can be saved. There's no reason uh, to put it off if the Holy Spirit of God is drawn. If, God, if God's not drawn you, then, then don't come forward. Uh, don't, don't pray a prayer if, to God if you don't mean it. Uh, but, if, but if God is bringing conviction to your heart, um, I hope that you take care of that today. But if you're here and you're a Christian and, uh, and, you, are, and you think that you're an exception, 
that you can be halted between these two positions, uh, these two opinions, that you can, and you can do that, and it isn't going to affect you in a negative way, uh, I promise you it will affect you in a negative way. Because you can't do it. Uh, our life as, a, as Christians, we know to bring glory to God uh, and to live for Him, uh, but myself included, uh, we get, you can get caught up uh, in, in life. I can get so busy serving God as a pastor uh, that my relationship with Him is, is not what it needs to be. So we can be, we can be busy doing the right things and for the right reasons and still get out of sorts. Uh, it, with God in our relationship. Uh, but I promise you, if, if you're all about the mammon, um, it's impossible for you uh, to be where you need to be with the Lord. You say, well, where do I, where do I find that balance? Well, part of it is just given, given the Lord, you know, if you have the opportunity to, to serve God or to serve mammon, serve God. Uh, you know, uh, say, well, I got to work and I got to make overtime. Well, uh, maybe sell some stuff or whatever. Make some changes in your life that won't necessitate. Well, I'm, I'm laying up my, uh, you know, I'm laying up money for my nest egg for retirement. Uh, and so, so I got, when God says to lay up treasures in heaven and not to, not to worry about it, we're overburdened uh, with those things. Um, my, my uncle Steve uh, would be an example of this. Um, my uncle Steve uh, lived and, uh, and uh, he had, basically when he died, he had two, he had two pensions uh, and uh, one from the railroad and one from something else. He had another business. Uh, and when he died, he had like $90,000 in cash in his safe in his bedroom. And um, I don't even think his wife knew that was in there. And uh, my point is this, he worked his whole life uh, to, to, to be comfortable in retirement and died at 70. And, and I can give you a million examples about people who just serve mammon, 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 and die and go off in eternity. Uh, and they've done not everything like this. So I think you should enjoy life, whatever, and say, be balanced and all of that. Please don't misunderstand. But your focus can't be money and can't be working your job. And so if you're always given, if you're always given place to the job and, uh, and never in church, that's not a recipe for success. So there are little things you can do. There are big things that you can do. But one of the first things you need to do is just give it to God and say, I'm no longer going to be stuck between the two opinions. I'm giving my life to you. I'm stepping in the offering plate. I'm going to be a living sacrifice because I haven't been. And, uh, and uh, I'm not asking you to quit your job. I'm not asking you to, you know, whatever. Uh, but, but what I'm asking you is to make the decision to serve, to be all in with God. So if you're lost, get saved. Um, no reason to leave here lost. Um, but if you're saved, you know, do you even, just in the least bit, if the Holy Spirit of God is bringing some conviction and saying, that's not me, I'm not 100% in, fix it today. It's just as wrong for you uh, to, to say no to the Holy Spirit's nudge than it is for somebody who is lost uh, and not listen to the Holy Spirit. Give yourself to the Lord today. All right, let's all stand uh, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed and